The following teaching is brought to you by Crosspoint Church. For sermon notes and other resources, visit go to crosspoint.com. Hey, students. Nerissa and Sam are going to take you guys high school, middle school. You guys can jut out there. Um, has anybody ever said to you or sent you a little meme, gif, little video thing that says, expect the unexpected? You ever heard that phrase? Or then hear the phrase, hear what it is, embrace the unexpected. I will submit to you, anybody who ever says that with a smile on their face has never had the unexpected actually happen to them. Now, you might say you need to expect the unexpected, but it's more like, and the embrace the unexpected is like, yeah, I embrace, yeah, it's a challenge to do. Paul is on his way to Rome. This is where he wants to get. This is the mission to get to Rome in the middle of all that. We talked about it the last week. There was a big storm that came up and they didn't listen to Paul. They got shipwrecked. It was crazy, terrifying. They end up, the opening verses here of chapter 28 tell us that they're shipwrecked on an island. And if you ever had been a situation where you thought you had it all figured out, anybody here ever, ever thought you had it figured out when you were seven years old, maybe, or whatever it is, your marriage, your business, relationships, whatever, you got it figured out. And then a storm comes up and you go, well, that was difficult. That was challenging, but okay. We show up, we're, we're sitting there on the sand of the beach and we're all a mess and we're thrashed and, uh, and then a snake bites you. You know what your reaction is when the snake bites you? You can see it on your note sheet today on the back of that program. The word is you, what you do is seriously, only it's not, no, seriously, it's expletives deleted, naughty words, seriously. Like if you're Paul, think about this. God, I'm serving you with all my heart. I have been beat up. I've been stoned. I've been left for dead. I'm following you. I'm going to Rome where you told me to go. These fools didn't listen to me. Almost killed us out here. I got us finally safely to shore, navigated us there. We got to shore here. And I'm just trying to help out get the fire a little bigger because we're all soaking wet and cold and a snake's going to bite me. I mean, you might be at a place like that. It's kind of a funny, goofy story until you're actually, it's actually you. And you go, yeah. at some point you might go, I'm done. I have done everything I can do. And so just keep that as the context here. Not just to hear a curious little story about guys on this little nothing little island called Malta, but the parallel, the patterns it can show us for how we navigate through storms. And when the, when the bottom drops out of the bottom. Uh, and then the worst part about that is <laughs> bad things happen. A storm, he gets bit by a snake. And then you face judgmental people, also called America today. Bad things go on in your life and they go, nah, 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 nah. see, I'm nah, nah. do that kind of thing. So some of you, I've seen your social media posts. You are that person. I've, I've seen your stuff. Um, and so they think he's really evil. You know, he's all these prisoners here. The storm didn't kill him. So maybe God sent, doesn't the snake or karma or the universe is going to square the deal up because somehow he escaped that way. And they do that. They make assumptions without all the information. Negative assumptions about all the information. And what the assumption is this, and all of us have experienced this at some point in our life where we think, well, if bad things happen, 
bad things, really bad, like snake, poisonous snakes that are going to kill you, bad things only happen to bad people, right? That's the deal. But the truth is, that's, uh, it's karma, and karma is an exhausting way to live, trying to duck and dodge karma to make you square the universe up, to make sure you get all the positive juice of the universe. It's a joke. It'll exhaust you trying to live by karma. I'm going to tell you today that bad things happen to good people all the time. I'm going to give you five reasons real quick here. This is not the main point of the message, just five, five reasons. Uh, first of all, I want you to think about, before we get to the five reasons, uh, when you say, well, how come I'm a good person? How come good, bad things are happening to me? I'm a good person. Define good person for me. Now, if you mean good person, like better than average, okay, let's just say, for the sake of argument, you're just better than average. Yeah. Compared to God and being good, nice try, pal. Um, no way. But good compared to the people sitting on this side of the room, you're probably better. Good, like you're sitting in the front of the church as opposed to the fools in the back, you know, that come late and want to sit there in the back so they can sneak out and late early, all that stuff. No, I'm just kidding. You know, we love you guys here. We got you. But you figure, okay, better than average. I'm, I'm a good, decent person. The first reason bad things happen in the world is, number one, we live in a broken world. The world is broken. Uh, Romans chapter 8. Um, we're going to look around at some of the scriptures here. Romans chapter 8 tells us this. Romans 8. I think it's going to be up on the screen here. Verse 22. says, For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Mom's in here. Childbirth kind of pain? Yeah, we're not, we're not talking, oh, that's, that bothers me and I'm frustrated by it. We're talking terrifying, awful, worst kind of pain you experience. And he says, look, creation, it's not just our spiritual lives are broken, our emotions or that. He says, you know what's broken? Biology is broken. Mitochondria is broken. Chromosomes, the whole unit, everything is broken around us. Someday we're going to get the other side and see the world the way God made it. And because we've gotten so used to the brokenness, we just kind of take it like, well, it's just the world. We're going to be amazed at what a world will look like without the brokenness of sin and rebellion. But even, even the, even the, we live in a broken world and it causes us to groan and bad things sometimes happen to you because you live in a broken world. You didn't do anything to deserve it. It's just, you're here. The, the next two kind of go together. The first one is we live in a world full of broken people. Um, you guys have heard the phrase, hurting people hurt people, yep. right? Some of you know that. You were the hurting person. You go, oh, man, sometimes I do that. Sometimes it's in big, massive ways. Sometimes it's just you had a bad day at work and you come home and you're a jerk to your wife. I know, yeah, hurting people hurt people. Uh, I have a follow-up to that, though. Um, stupid people are Stupid. Because there's broken people in the world that are broken and hurting and stupid. Stupid people do stupid things. And sometimes you get caught in the wash of that. You were raised in a family like that with whatever or in a workplace situation. There are broken people. And then number three, uh, because you are a broken people in the broken world, it's broken me. You're broken. Uh, you can write it down if you want to write. Number four is about demons, Satan and demons. So we're going to talk about that in a second. But I will have, have conversations with people all the time about things going on in their life and go, man, I really feel like I'm under spiritual attack, like spiritual Satan, demons. They're, they're really coming for me, getting after me. And I look, look at them and go, look, sweetheart, I want to tell you, look, pal, Satan looked at you and thought, that guy's doing a great job all on his own. 
messing up his life. We don't need to mess with him at all. The reason your life is a mess is because, well, there's that thing. Everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is you're a moron and you did stupid things. And you can't go, well, the universe is against me or a spiritual attack. No, you're doing that on your own sometimes. Um, Romans chapter 3 talks about this. Flip over to a few pages to the left in your Bibles. Romans chapter 3. This is Paul in the book of Romans kind of summing up the first section where he's saying, look, the whole world's a mess. Religious people and rebellious people are a jacked up mess, worse than we think. And then he kind of summarized like a lawyer in a courtroom, kind of summarizing the first part of his case. No one is righteous, not even one. In my Bible, I'd read the word, not even me, not even you. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. Despite what your kindergarten teacher tells you about how awesome you are. Their talk is foul like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Uh, Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follow them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. To kind of summarize, that's the human race back in the first century and in the 21st century today. Uh, There was a a famous uh, celebrity author publisher way back in the days of World War II. His name is G.K. Chesterton. He's a Christian. You ought to get his stuff and read it. It's brilliant. And you can read it with an accent, with a slightly sarcastic English accent. It's even better. But uh, they did this thing in World War II. I mean, they're seeing the world and the, the news of the Holocaust is coming out. And the, the publishers of the big paper uh, asked for these different celebrity authors and people to, to go answer this question. What's the problem with the world today? And he wrote back with two words. I am sincerely G.K. Chesterton. So the problem with the world is me. There's broken people, messed up things going on. There is also number four, though, demonic activity that goes on in the world. We believe that uh, Satan and demons are real. They're very, very different than what you're seeing in all the crazy horror movies. But that kind of characterizes their mission is to steal and kill and destroy. And you know why they want to steal and kill and destroy? Because they want to steal and kill and destroy. They are defeated, they are done, and they are flailing. And we're going to talk about this in Revelation. The beast that everybody's so terrified coming today has had his head cut off and he's flailing around, creating chaos and hell on earth right now. Uh, Paul talks about it. We don't fight against the, 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 the deals we fight all the time. Our enemy is not the people around you. It's, there's real Satan and demons out there that are doing stuff. Sometimes it's a direct attack of Satan. Sometimes it's got, some stuff happens in our life and it's like a shark that smells blood in the water. just goes over here. I can go over here. Uh, Peter says he's like a lion. Uh, Paul tells us in the book of uh, 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians, he says, we are not ignorant of his schemes. So understand Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes what's happening there could be a result of some level of demonic activity. And usually demonic activity is not going to be spinning heads and green stuff spewing out of mouths and that kind of stuff. It's going to be deception and distortion and accusation. Deception, distortion, accusation. And it's going to come like little whispers and sometimes it's going to sound just like your father or your mother or your coach in seventh grade. He's going to weaponize that against you. Number five, sometimes the reason bad things happen to good people is, wait for it, God does it. Some of you are going, wait, 
We have a God that does bad things to people? Yeah, sometimes. Um, In John 15, verses 1 to 3, he says, Look, I'm the vine, you're the branches. All the dead stuff, I get the pruning shears out and I cut that stuff off. And he says, and even the branches that are good, you know what I do with them? I cut them. Does cutting feel good for a branch? Does cutting feel good for you? When all of a sudden there's things being pruned out of your life and you go, and you go, is this me? Did I do this? Did God do this? Is this Satan or demon? Sometimes it's God himself going, I'm doing something painful in your life right now to help you under, to help you grow. Over in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, this is a verse you ought to memorize and get downloaded into your heart and soul uh, for understanding really how God works in our life. That God loves you enough to hurt you once in a while. Not to hurt you for your harm, but like a good coach, like a good parent that doesn't just go, oh, you're so cute, wonderful, do what you want. Oh no. We got a dad, a father in heaven who loves you crazy enough to even let you hate him for a while. To even let you shake your fist at him not understanding it. Hebrews 12, 11 says this. No discipline is enjoyable by what's happening. None. You know that when you're a kid, right? Your parents would tell you that, well, we have to spank you or nobody spanks anymore, but timeouts or whatever you guys do now. But uh, it's not enjoyable for me, but it hurts me as much as it hurts you. I go, yeah, how about I spank you, dad? But that's a different thing. Uh, <laughs> no discipline is enjoyable by what's happening. It's painful. But afterward, not in the middle, not while it's happening, afterward, There'll be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Sometimes God's going to bring pain and suffering into your life to train you for something. So that's some reason. Again, these guys on the island make incorrect negative assumptions about Paul because he gets bit by a snake. They think, oh, he must must be one of the really bad prisoners. He must be the murderer one. The storm didn't get him. God's going to get him when sent the snake. And all of a sudden then he doesn't die. I, they said the snake's actually hanging off his arm. I'm going, why don't you... I, uh, Paul's going, nah, 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 nah. I know. God said I'm going to Rome. So the snake ain't going to kill me. Storm didn't kill me. Snake ain't going to do it. Whatever. Sometimes you have that attitude about trials that go on in your life when you've gone through difficult things and then something happens again. You go, well, here we go again. But God's got me. You only know that if you've been through two or three storms and you survived them. The first time through, you're going, what the blankety blank, seriously, blah, whatever's going on. That's what will happen in the, in the first few that you go through. Um, but then they change their mind when they see that he doesn't die. And they change not from he's evil and terrible to he must be a God. And now it's not negative assumptions. Now it's affirmation without all the information. They're, making, they're drawing conclusions based on stuff that they really don't know. Uh, they're making assumptions when they have incomplete information. And this happens, guys, in our lives all the time. You'll see this happen. Uh, and it's easy to, you, when, okay, bad things happen to me, bad things happen to somebody, you think, oh, that's God getting them, that's karma, that's whatever, that's, they're getting paid back because they're a bad person. They've done, they've done these bad, terrible things. The other way we have to be careful of this is you can see somebody who looks like they had their act together. Great. Let me just yell at pastor people for a second since I'm, one of several of you that are pastors, but I'm telling you, we have seen this happen where ministries were thriving and amazing. Thousands of people coming. I mean, you just go, dang, this guy's awesome. His preaching, her te- preaching, teaching, her leadership is like writing books. They're speaking to thousands. It's awesome. And then you found out later on, like, oh, not so much. They were a hot mess disaster. So don't draw conclusions without all the, Here, here's the deal. 
some things, the implications of this whole idea of not drawing conclusions too quickly. <clears throat> Number one, <clears throat> there, excuse me, don't find your value based on what they think. You know who the they are out there, don't you? Everybody has this voice in your mind of people that have said things to you, or sometimes like in the workplace, in your family, in, in the company you work, the higher profile you get in any kind of place, people will draw conclusions about you that aren't correct, and they're happy to tell everybody about them. Yes, this has happened in the last two or three years here at Crosspoint. Like stuff, I, and at some point I just go, well, this just, I like broken people, hurting people, stupid people, being stupid and hurting, whatever. You just kind of go, just, just kind of whatever. Uh, but that's happened to me. That's happened to so many of you where you're going, how, how could they think that about me? It's because they don't have all the information right now. And some of you don't draw your value based on that. You don't go, well, I'm terrible or I must be evil or bad thing. Oh, what's wrong with me? Not, not, you may be perfectly fine. They may be the ones that have a mess. They don't have all the information. And because that's true, then don't draw conclusions without all the information. Because it's easy for us to think, okay, I'm not going to find my value based on what those people out there are at me. Hey, we got to be really careful of this ourselves. The world we live in right now allows you to draw conclusions in 0.37 seconds and let millions of people know like that. I know this is true because so many of you over the years, now people don't do as much anymore, will send me something. Oh my gosh, Steve, did you see this and this? And they'll send me the link to this and this and this and this. And you go study and go, yeah, but it was completely false, all made up. Somebody posted to see how many fools would go retweet it and post it. So don't, don't draw conclusions about people with all the information. And even when you feel like, oh, I think I know a lot of stuff here. Yeah, but you don't know everything yet. One of the best things... One of the signs of a great maturity for you as a follower of Christ, as a human being, for crying out loud, is just be quiet and say nothing. Even when everything in you wants to go, Adam. So there's Paul. He's stuck on the island. And like Narissa just read there in Acts, uh, the guy who's in charge of the island, his... Uh, Somebody there is sick in his family. Publius, his father, his dad was ill. Paul heals him. And it says, and then everybody on the island gets healed. Anybody who's sick, like the hospital on the island, gone. Well, not gone, because people are going to get sick again. But everybody who's sick in the hospital, everybody who's sick at home, they start finding everybody gets healed. Uh, but it's fascinating here. Because if you climb inside the story and you think, okay, I'm Paul or I'm Steve or I'm Kaylee or I'm Mark or I'm whoever you are. And you have this big mission in your life. We are going to Rome. We are going to start a company. We're going to start a church. We're going to start a family. We are going to get married. All this stuff that you're going to do. And along the way, your carefully laid plans go sideways. And first it's a storm. And then it's a snake, and then you're stuck on a podunk little, boring little, nothing little speck of an island out here. Like, what are we doing here? I'm supposed to be in Rome. That's where God called me to go. I want to talk to you today, just for the last few minutes here, of don't waste the Malta moments of your life, the interruptions, when your carefully played plans, when your important priorities get interrupted. What do you do in those moments? Um, we have several 
of our Crosspoint family uh, are in the military. And I've done messages over the years about making plans and how you carefully laid out plans, all that kind of stuff. And uh, several years ago, a guy walked up to me and said, look, we have a phrase for this in the military. Some of you in the military will know what this is. No plan ever survives first contact with the enemy. Write that down. That's the next thing to fill in there. No plan ever survives first contact with the enemy. Like these military people, they get in a place and it's a military place and they're making their plans in the war room. You know what happens when they get to the real, real world, when they get in the real battlefield? Everything changes. Nothing ever goes to plan. There's always mid-course corrections that you're going to make. And so like Paul, we're going to Rome. Yeah, we're going to get to Rome. And like storming an island and getting bit by a snake. What is going on here? And, and write this down too. This is important. Plans change. Purpose never does. Your plans can change. Your purpose never will. See, God's way more concerned with your purpose than the place or the person you are doing life with. That means you could live in Temecula or you can live in Timbuktu. It means you could be a lawyer or a plumber. It means you could be married or single. It means you could have no kids, four kids. You can be right in the middle of God's will. God's way more concerned about how you're doing what you're doing than who and what you're doing. Are you, your whole mission, here's your mission, is to honor God and glorify God. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter if you're in a boat smooth sailing to Rome or you're stuck on a potent little island called Malta going, what the are we doing here? What do we do in those moments? God says, just glorify me wherever you find yourself, even with a snake hanging off of you. God has plans for you, even on Malta. And when you find yourself in places where your plans have been interrupted, where you thought it was going to go this way and then didn't go that way and it shifted and changed and then the bottom dropped down, you have a, we're going to call this a pivot point. Pivot points are this. You, have, you come to an intersection and I'm going to talk about like, this is like a, a uh, intersection can go three ways. The first two I'm going to give you real quick here. You can either, you can sit and stew, sit and stew, which means like, like the rabbit on the road where the headlights catch them. They just kind of go. Sometimes when a storm hits, that's what happens to us, right? We're just paralyzed. We don't, we're not being bad. We're not being angry. We're just, uh, I don't know what to do here. And sometimes you can sit and stew because you go, this is stupid. This is boring. This is dumb. When life gets better, I'll get my act together. I'll be a better husband, better father. I'll take my kids. I'll get, take care of the budget. I'll do all. You can just sit and stew. Feel sorry for yourself. That's more of a victim mentality. Or you can, the next one is panic and plan. Any control freaks out there? Both hands up. Control freaks. I am the president of the control freaks of Temecula. I am telling you, I am, I'm a disaster. When it comes to this kind of thing. And when this happens, we think I can control this. I'm, and, and, and it's, again, it's really difficult stuff. And there's nothing wrong with planning, but when it becomes this frantic thing, like I can control the outcome, I can fix this. Let's go get a ship. Let's, Hey, I know we'll go get some, we'll, 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 um, we'll cast away. We'll Tom Hanks this thing. We'll get some boards and planks and we're cast away here. We'll get stuck and we'll get make a, and we'll figure We'll get us all off the Island. Or rather than sit and stew or panic and plan, you ask yourself this question. What does God mean by this right now? 
What does God mean by this? This is not how I thought it was going to go. And now we're stuck on Malta. What are we doing here? Freak out and panic or just sit there and do nothing. It was fascinating. Paul doesn't just sit there and do nothing. He actually heals people. goes, okay, I got a plan here. Glorify God. Sick people here. Let's see what God wants to do here. What does God mean by this? There's a song that we sing here. I don't know the title of it. Um, if you guys know it, it's, I mean, I don't even know we're singing it today, but it's the, one of the lyrics is even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel that you're working and it all sounds good. And mm, the lights go down here and the air conditioning's on. When you're on freaking Malta and you've been bit by a snake, even when I don't see it, you're working. I'm just telling you. Some of you have been in a situation like that in your marriage. You've, and here's the hard part. You, you go through a difficult thing in your marriage and then find out you lose your job. Bit by a snake. What does God mean by this? Or you, 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 got, you, you got through some health issues and then your kids go sideways. Or you got through relationship issues and then you find out you go to the doctor and you got some diagnosis for something. You go, what? Like one of these things would have been bad enough. I survived that and now I've got a snake hanging off me. What are you doing, God? What do you mean by this? And it's not, what do you mean by this? It's, what do you mean? Is there something I'm supposed to sense? What what do you want to say to me in this situation? I think for the last two years here as a church, shoot, as the country, as the world, we we survived-ish the storm of covid and politics and all that. We kind of survived that. We were kind of like, you could feel it turning. Momentum was turning here. And then Russia goes to war with Ukraine and gas is $6 a gallon. What, what, what's going on here, God? The economy, like inflation, all that kind of stuff. You're going, we survived one and now this next thing is coming. What's going on here? Uh, I was talking to some people on our staff team here, Beth and Joey, COVID was not a good thing at all. It was awful. It was a storm. It was a snake. It was awful, nasty. And yet they said it was crazy. What does God mean by this? They said it slowed us down enough in our life because we had to, that we were able to adopt little Sophie into our family. That never, she said, that never, never would have happened. If the economy and everything hadn't just, we're now, yeah, it's crazy. It's tricky. Um, Crystal, who gets up here and leads worship. And speaking of Crystal, that band last night, at the party. <laughs> Amazing. And then she shows up here early today and pulls this off for all of you guys here. Uh, just fantastic. But was talking about her senior year. She's an athlete, uh, a very skilled athlete. Her senior year where she's going to, this is it. Tears her ACL and is not able even to play. Not even on the team. Just has to go work at some mall making sticky buns or whatever. It's in the sticky buns. I'm not even sure that's the right name for it. But something. Shut up. I'm, yeah. <laughs> you know, for us guys, even as a church, we went through this. You know, we went through COVID and we were in the middle of a middle of the storm, and it was tricky because some people left us, and most of them weren't snakes. One or two of them were naughty and nasty as they left, but. Most of them were just, they had to go different places. We even had some key staff people that had to leave for great reasons. But it was like, in the middle of a storm, we're going to have that happen? This is hard. It was just challenging and difficult. 
at some level. And so we kept, what, what does God mean by this? <sighs> Even for us as a church, I was uh, over at the, the big party last night. And uh, the pastor of a church, there's a, a great church here in town called Orchard Church. Jim Jackson's the pastor there. He was there with his family. He wasn't checking out our thing. And we were just chatting there because reminded me of some stuff in our church where we thought we had our plans all worked out. In the space of three months, in the summer of 2008, space of three months, I stood up here, not up here, but uh, at a school we were at and said, okay, we, we have a place. We're going to stay right here at this campus or we'll come out of this campus and go to that campus. On a Sunday morning, I said that on Monday morning, the people at the district offices called me and said, oh, we changed our mind. Like, What's going on by this? Shoot, we, had, we were going to move out of this building and go buy the Orchard Church property back at the beginning. We had, I mean, we had it locked and loaded. I mean, the lawyers who we paid crazy money to had redlined everything and redone the whole contract. We had the money, the financing all secure. It was a matter of just going, send, and it was done. That was on Tuesday. On Wednesday, COVID hit and everything went, what do you mean by this, God? And we're still trying to figure out a lot of what God means by this. Because here I'm going to tell you right now, God oftentimes doesn't tell you what he means by this in the middle of it. You usually discover what he meant by that. Like, oh, now I see. There's, There's a bit of that. So all those situations where you find yourself in situations, what is going on here? You can sit and stew, you can panic and plan, or you can go, God, what? What do you mean by this? What do you want me to do? What do you, how should I respond here? How do I honor and glorify you? The plans, the strategy that I had, psh, done. My purpose is to glorify you. How do I do this in a failing marriage, failing finances, church campuses that didn't work, a crazy COVID? Pan- how do we honor and glorify you? The strategy is all going to change. The plans always change. Everything's up for grabs on strategies and plans. Sometimes, write this down, the interruptions, when things go sideways, you find yourself on Malta, the interruptions are going to be preparation for you. I know some people who've talked about, man, the, 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 they said, what's the best day and worst day of your life? And they said, it's the same day. It's the day I lost my job. Because all of a sudden, man, I had to learn some things there. If I hadn't lost my job, I would never learn. I'm in a much better place right now as a career. I, sometimes the interruptions in your life are going to be preparation for the next thing that God has for you. You're going to learn some new skills. You're going to just crazy stuff's going to happen there in the middle of that Island of Malta. And you can even see it here in the story at the end of uh, this little section here. It says, as a result, we were showered with honors. And when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. Now understand something here back in our day today with civil rights and laws and rules, prisoners are taken care of. Not then you're a prisoner. If you don't have stuff taken care of, you're just going to die, pal. We'll throw you overboard. They did, you did, prisoners had no rights. And you better have food. And well, you know where the food is? At the bottom of the ocean. Because Paul healed everybody, the whole ship got supplied, got resupplied when the other ship came over and found them there. Sometimes the interruptions are going to be preparation for that thing. And you're going to go, wow, look what God did here. If that hadn't ha-. Anyway, it's fascinating. And then if you forget everything else right here today, don't miss this. There's a mission on Malta, not just Rome. We oftentimes think, when I graduate from college, when I get that scholarship, when I close that deal, when I get to a certain net worth, when I, when I, when I, when I, and God goes, look, I've got you on an island right here, and there's some hurting people right there. Can you ta- just take care of them? 
There's a mission even in the interruptions. Some of you are in places like that in your marriage. Some of you are in places like your kids right now going, what? There's a mission on Malta. Glorify God in the midst of that and just keep asking, what do you mean by that? And again, it's tricky because God doesn't often tell us in the middle of Malta, the mission is, I have no idea what I'm doing here. There's a great verse at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is a one to memorize. To So, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. My dear brothers and sisters, I'm going to put a little parenthesis in here. It's not the scriptures, it's just me. When you find yourself on Malta and wonder what is going on here, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And you know why Paul has to say that? It's because sometimes it feels like it. When you're stuck on Malta and a snake hanging off, you're going, what the f***? Nothing, nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And we're going to find out other places in the scripture as the band comes up now because I'm done. Um, we're we're going to find out in the scriptures that, man, God's keeping track of that stuff. Nobody else is. You're not going to be written up in some in your business publication, your college uh, uh, newsletter. You're not, nobody's ever going to talk about how awesome you are, how amazing you are. God goes, I'm keeping track of every single little thing that you did that nobody ever saw. Jesus says this, even a cup of water given to some thirsty person over here, given in my name because you're trying to glorify me. So I see that. We think, well, okay, the big, huge, I dug a water well for people in Ethiopia. God sees that. No, a cup of water over here. Small, minor, nothing, little things. God is keeping track of that. We're going to sing together today with our, our, the ladies up here doing the, the music here. It's so good. It's going to be beautiful, amazing. Sing like crazy here with us today. Um, our prayer team is at the back of the house. It was fascinating last night at the uh, party that we had there. We had a little prayer thing kind of in the back corner of it, and there were several people just struggling with stuff. And at a party came and said, hey, can you pray for me? I just got stuff going on in my life right now. That might be you today. And your, your thing is, might be like, I'm in a storm and it's crazy and I'm terrified. Or you might be like, my life is just kind of uh, right now. I feel like I'm just stuck in a moment and I can't get out of it. I'm stuck on Malta. And I, when, when is the next ship going to come? When are we going to get through this? Go pray with them in the back, back there. Let them just talk to you about that and pray with you about that. I'm going to invite you to come to tables of communion where every week we just simply remember Jesus, what he did for us when he died on a cross 2,000 years ago. It celebrates his body and his blood. And guys, that is the gospel message. And that is why no matter where you are, that's your purpose is to keep Jesus central in your life. That's why that's the message that you give to people when they're on Malta. It's the message you give to yourself that no matter what else is going on in my life, it's the song we sang last week, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when everything is just smooth, or when sorrows like sea billows roll, when snakes are hanging off my arm, it is well with my soul. And I want to tell you right now, it may not be well with your body right now. It may not be well with your family right now. It may not be well with your emotions right now. 
But because Jesus took care of your sin on that cross 2,000 years ago, it is well with the deepest part of who you are with your soul. So we're going to sing, come and receive communion, pray. Jesus, today we love you. God, whatever we need right now, for those of us that are stuck and are wondering, those of us that are uh, sitting and stewing or freaking out and panicking, what do you mean? What do you mean by all this? Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. For more resources, check out go to crosspoint.com.